And that's one of the biggest things that people really have to understand. If you're going to look for a new you and a new year, you better start looking now. This is Chan with The Plan, the podcast, a podcast providing career advice and easy, actual steps for frustrated professionals, helping you overcome career challenges so you stop feeling confused and defeated and start feeling focused and confident in order to excel in your career. I'm your host, Max Chan. Now let's dive into the episode. Hey, Greg, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. Uh, Thanks for coming on. And as we are closing the year of 2023, one of the big things right now is people are thinking about uh, next year's goals, next year's plans, New Year's resolutions. Going back to what we talked about offline, people think they have a lot of time on their hands, right? And uh, you have a a very personal story that I, I want people to know about and share about and how you were able to really understand how precious time is. And you shouldn't wait for a specific day to start doing something new or something that you're interested in. I know a lot of people wait till the new year to start uh, implementing specific goals. Most of the time, they end up uh, dropping those new year's resolutions and going back to where they were before. And then they do the usual thing. And then when December hits again, they start seeing what else they can do to, or they might get back to into that, that goal that they were planning and then redo it. And then it becomes a cycle. But if you want to change your life, you have to consistently take action. So Craig, why don't we start off with uh, you telling us a little bit about uh, yourself. So my name is Craig Sikowski. I'm an entrepreneur, 9-11 responder to the World Trade Center. And uh, eventually what happened was I, I developed a 9-11 cancer directly linked to 9-11. And I know specifically because they're rare cancers. Mine was like one of 69. You know, I'm here to send a message to people. And it's about waking up. It's about understanding that you don't have time. As we're going towards the new year, it's like the new year, new you, right? That's what everybody talks about. And it's the furthest thing from the truth because all the intentions are there to change your life at the beginning of the new year. But nothing's changed in November or October or or, or during the summer. It, it always makes me laugh because people have to understand it. They have to change a habit. And I was in a habit of woes me and why, why me? And, you know, why am I sick? And, and what I realized was it was like happening for me. And what I realized again, and I tell people all the time is cancer was probably one of the best things that ever happened to me just because I'm able to share my story. I'm through it. So my emotional attachment to it is no longer taking, you know, weeks, months, or years as I'm thinking about this stuff. And I believe that we all need to change our emotional attachments to the past circumstances and stories. And that's one of the biggest things that people really have to understand. If you're going to look for a new you and a new year, you better start looking now, right? So I, I talk mostly about epigenetics and how the heart and brain coherence that we need in order to change our life is to become like this beacon, is to understand all your dark stories that you have about yourself of why you can't overcome circumstances. I've spent thousands of hours by myself during this journey or this quest because I'm on a quest right now. Uh, I started getting sick in 2012 and it wasn't until 2017 that I was actually diagnosed with cancer. So they eventually took my mid and lower lung out after three procedures. And, you know, to this day, I'm still feeling the physical pain of that surgery. It was a nine hour surgery. And as I'm talking now, starting to realize more and more how we need voices to talk about mental health, because that is probably one of the biggest things that I challenged myself uh, with going through this journey is my mental health and why I'm an earner 
and I can't get out of bed. <laughs> Why I'm in pain all the time, and I can't have a um, you know a decent relationship with myself because I feel like self sabotaging and all the things that go along you know with being sick. And I understand now society is sick because we're not showing any kind of vulnerability in telling our stories. And I think, you know, uh, as, as we're obviously from two different cultures, what I've realized was nobody laughs or cries in a different language. So it's like, you know, as we're talking our stories and we're getting our stories out, um, mentally, how fit are we to tell our story? Because I believe if you're not going through it and you're really not like taking that Band-Aid off and, and looking at your story and the emotional attachments that we have, we're not going to get through it. If that makes any sense. Or am I just rambling? No, that, that makes sense. So you were a 9-11 responder, but your health didn't really start to get affected till you said 2012, right? 2012, yeah. I had a pneumonia and a collapsed lung and didn't realize you know, where, where that came from. It just out of the blue, it just popped up. So in a way, it's kind of the compound effect where you were a 9-11 responder, you helped with the disaster, but then like health-wise, you felt fine. It only started creeping out like over 10 years later, you realized yeah. that that 9-11 experience had something to do with your uh, current health issues, which is shocking to a lot of people because they think like if something's wrong, they'll know right away, but your body might not give you those signs till much, much later. Yeah. And they, they know specifically, you know, like my, my problem, I was there for two days. And I know guys that were there for months and nothing has happened to them. And what I found out was um, you needed to be there four hours of the first five days. And I was there for two days in the first five days. So I kind of like hit the wrong jackpot, right? And, and I'm, you know, one of tens of thousands that are sick and dying. Nobody's really paying attention to the story anymore. You know, it's, it's like as soon as 9-11 comes around, the politicians are out waving the flag, you know, petting the kids. And then as soon as 9-12, that's it. It's done. And, you know, I, I just want to be here to have people understand that if we're all going through something right now, doesn't matter who it is, doesn't matter what part of the earth, we're all going through something. But it's when you have that, I can't tell my story because so-and-so might look at me different. Right. We compare ourselves to other people. And what I realized in this entrepreneur game, and, and it, it's funny because I, I talk to a lot of cancer patients and I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs and I'd rather deal with the cancer patients because entrepreneurs too much. You know, it always gets me how we take what we go through every day. Granted, you know, we take we're always like looking for something different, but not having the ability to change for ourselves because we're stopping whatever we're doing because of our emotions or our past experiences in life. You know, and I just want people to, you know, regardless of whatever culture or where you're from, most parents throw their failures on their children. Right. And want them to go to college or want them to be on a on, on a ball team because, you know, they didn't follow through. So they're giving, you know, the, their failures to their children and hoping that children's successes. It's a sick world that we're living in, brother. When you were done the 9-11 duties, you're still living the life the way you were living, right? Because you didn't really have any health care until 2012. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Well, I had, yeah. I had knee operations. I had a All bunch right. of knee operations. That was it. All right. So in terms of the mindset, how much has your mindset shift in terms of the, like the time or uh, any other beliefs that you had had changed compared to like pre 9-11 to uh, your diagnosis in 2012? I was always the guy, 
I was always the kid with the, the lemonade stand and like the hustler mentality, like all of that stuff. And I, I still have that. What I put value on now is going through my mental issues because we all have mental issues. We're all crazy at some point, right? And I think we tend to feed fear time. And I think that's what the world is going through right now. I, you know, like someday, one day, and it's like, nah, man, today, today's that day that you've been waiting for. And, you know, the reason why I keep saying this over and over again is because I don't want people to lose out on their life because they're in fear of what somebody's going to say, or they're in fear that they might make mistakes. You know, I make mistakes every day. But it means I'm, I'm still here. I'm still believing in myself. I'm still taking that accountability. And I think that's what people really need to understand is you have to be accountable for your life. If you don't have any kind of like attachment to the outcome of whatever it is that you're doing, you're going to fail. It's just it. I'm not looking to, uh, you know, blow, blow smoke up people's butts. You know, if you don't get this right, it's called the temple for a reason. It's the only real estate that we can own. The only thing that we can control is our response to all the circumstances and experiences that our life throws at us. Because life is going to come for everybody, whether they want to participate or not. So be mentally prepared. And that's that's my message in a nutshell. Be mentally prepared for whatever's coming because it's coming. When you got the like cancer diagnosis in 2012, what habits like which uh, habits did you change? What did you do career-wise? Did you switch careers? Did you want to spend more time with your family? How, what was some of the things that you changed in terms of your lifestyle from that diagnosis? I had to change. So I got diagnosed in 2017. It was five years where I was I would be sick. Yeah. I would get pneumonia and I would yeah. get pleurisy, which is water around yeah. the lungs. Extremely painful, and I kept getting this diagnosis of you know you have COPD. Or, you know, nobody really understood why I was going through this stuff. And then one time there was a um, an eclipse and I went up to Helen, Georgia to like watch this eclipse. And I'm an avid hiker. So I'm hiking all the time, walking all the time. And I couldn't walk up the hill. It felt like my chest was ready to explode. And we had gone to the doctor then, uh, the ER afterwards. And that's where he told me in front of my 11 year old daughter at the time, he's like, I, you got a malignant tumor in, in your lung. And, you know, just getting that kind of diagnosis stuns you. But when you, when somebody says that in front of your 11 year old child, that's not stupid. Like she got a little freaked out and was like, you know, what, what's this? My dad's going to die. And it was like, you know, it was hard to explain to a kid that's smart and could look up you know, anything that they want on the internet. My whole thing in this world is uh, whatever it is that you want to do, do it now. Oh, so what are you doing now compared to before? So I'm speaking all over the world on Zoom calls. It's crazy. Since the pandemic, you know, the world has opened up online. Yeah. Um, so I get to speak all over the world about my story and just encourage people to motivate and inspire, but also have them execute because we can plan out all we want. You know, everybody's like, oh, make the plan. You know, I have, I have stuff all on my walls, all over, all over my house. And it's like, okay, there's stuff that I've been doing for years that I haven't formalized yet. That's great to plan, but it's like, eventually you're going to have to show your hand. And, you know, that's what I want people to do. Show your hand, get embarrassed, be humiliated, you know, have some zest in this world.
And I know there's a lot of people like, nah, I can't be embarrassed. I can't be humiliated. I think that's when people become very successful, when they have thick skin. You know, when you go through these things and you're on the other end of it going, holy crap, like what, what was that all about? Like, I'm still shaking my head that I'm doing this, that I talk all over the place. My ego used to say I'd be famous for like, you know, business stuff. And that's the furthest thing from the truth. No, I'm the 9-11 cancer guy. I'm sitting here telling stories about how I've overcome things. And I want people to overcome whatever they're going through because there's somebody listening right now that's going through some in immense pain, you know, and aggravation and frustration. And it's like, just keep going, man. Just keep going through it. You got to take the hits. Unfortunately, you have to take the hits. And you got to hit back. You have to learn how to hit back. So what made you decide to start a career, so to speak, in public speaking? Like, What made you decide to want to tell your story to a wider audience? I used to speak uh, back in the day at real estate conventions, right? I had the background and publicity summits, right? And when I got sick, man, it that was the story. And I had a hard time telling a 9-11 story because it always brought up these mixed emotions. And I realized that, you know, if you're working on something that's triggering you, you got to keep working on those triggers because eventually you got to be able to tell the story with a smile. Not that, you know, things are funny. Well, I, I should, I should back up because if there is a God who's got a funny sense of humor, right? Like we go through all of these things and it's like, God, why? It's like, why not? You're human. You're just like everybody else. Good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people. So enjoy the whole ride. You know, I have to be thankful for everything. I have to be thankful and grateful for, just for the opportunity to be able to talk to people. Yeah, absolutely. And how do you start like getting these speaking gigs booked? Um, so everybody's finding me online. I keep doing podcasts and stuff and people are like, hey, can you speak here? Can you speak there? And one of the funniest things that I find about this, right? And I tell people this all the time is that you know, I think it's the coolest thing in the world that we could speak everywhere now, right? A few months ago, I was talking to a bunch of guys in India, teaching them street English, you know, and, and to a bunch of guys in India. And it's like, the world is so small, so just be nice. Because we all want the same stuff. We all want our kids to do better than we did, right? If not, you're egotistical. You know, we, we're here to learn, grow, move on. And, you know, my my message might not resonate with with some people, but with most people, it does, because you have to you have to stand back up again. You got to give yourself power in this world. Wait, what's street English? I'm not sure what that means. So it's not I don't have a formal education. Yeah. Right. So it's just, you know, it was me and a bunch of guys with their broken English and stuff. They're trying to learn phrases, you know, like what are the phrases that you have to learn in whatever language that you're speaking? Right. Tonality wise. It's like, what verbiage is coming from you? You know, most people I, I talk to that speak several languages, like, oh, my English isn't that good. No, but you speak four other languages. That's amazing. My English isn't that good, right? And I'm an English speaker. Got it. All right. And going back to what you said before about, yeah, you can have the best plan in the world, but if you're not taking action, it's not going to work, right? So again, we're heading to the end of the year. People have all these plans to start off the new year uh, well, but most of them don't take action. So what is your advice and suggestions to get people to implement on those plans that uh, they're currently creating right now? Again, what we were talking about before, you know, you're going to embarrass yourself. You're going to humiliate yourself. And being an entrepreneur, it's about how much stuff can you actually take? right? 
uh, what I teach people is, is how to take it and actually hold it, look at it, examine it, then pounce. You know, we're always lost somewhere. You know, we're all, always looking for this external validation. And it's like, no, everything that you're looking for is right here. You don't have to go anywhere. I got a buddy of mine. He talks all over the world, man. He's flying here and he's flying there and he's flying. And he's always tired. You know, he's always beat up. And it's like, how do you become so resilient in what you do, right? And how can you help people? And it's like, because you have to become resilient for yourself. I'm telling stories about like, you know, I, I should have been dead a bunch of times. Okay, that's great. But I'm alive now. So I'm going to tell my story, craft my story in the hopes. And I have faith in that people will take it and run with it because everybody has a story inside them. Everybody's got to get it out. It's just with that emotional attachment, you want to disconnect from the story so you could freely tell it. Absolutely. And going back to the time thing, right? If someone's in, let's say, their early mid-20s, they think that they have all the time in the world, so they're going to take things slow. But as you get older, time is like moving at a more rapid pace. So my question to you is, like, how can people really harness valuable about time is and that you can't get it back once it's passed? Fail fast. You have to. Whatever it is that you're thinking about, just implement it. Fail. Learn. That's the only way you're going to learn is by doing, right? Or becoming. You know, what I tell people is you have to become that person now. You want to be a multimillionaire? You have to think like a multimillionaire now before the event actually happens. You have to harness your internal zest for life to be bolder than you've ever been before if you want to have big dreams and big goals. Just look in the mirror. That's your only competition. People are always looking for the external, right? It's always like, oh, well, you know, what is cousin Joey going to say? Or what, what, is, what is auntie going to talk about? Or my mom's going to say, who cares? Who cares? Most people aren't even thinking about you anyway. They got their own problems. That's a good point, right? Like everybody's so wrapped up about what people think of them. But at the end of the day, you, you'd be shocked at how like, much they're thinking about themselves more than you, right? Like you might think like your hair doesn't look that good. I don't think anybody's really paying that much attention to your hair because they have a lot of problems on their side. And they're probably thinking about themselves more than you. Absolutely. And especially like younger, like I don't, I don't coach 20 year olds anymore. Right. And the reason why is because at 20 years old and to be an entrepreneur, there's so many other things that you haven't learned yet. So what I, what I was doing is I was getting frustrated with the people that I was mentoring because they were young and I didn't understand how to like take what I'm teaching and show a 20 year old, well, 20 year old hasn't had the kid, you know, for the most part, hasn't had the kid yet hasn't raised a kid, hasn't seen life through, you know, their, their spouse's eyes and the failures that they've done with marriages and, and jobs and businesses and all of that until you're in your thirties, forties, fifties, when you're 20, everybody's like, I, I remember myself. I just wanted to keep going, you know, just keep going. Whatever the stupid idea was, I was going to implement it. And I, and I did <laughs> stories for days. You know, and it was always about like, now it's like, oh, he's so wise. Well, yeah, I used to be young and stupid like everybody else. Yeah. Like when you work in like a, a core environment, when you're one of the older people and you see all these new people coming in, like all these like Gen Z's and they're talking about stuff that they have issues with, like from when you had it like five, 10 years ago, it looks at a different lens because you've been in that experience and no matter how much wisdom you can give them, they, they want to think that they can do it better. Right. So I, I definitely understand about like, it's a bit tough to like mentor younger people that want to experience some things themselves, even though you're trying to uh, make them avoid the same mistakes. 
Well, the, the thing about younger people, too, is they haven't learned what they're so the way we used to say it was you haven't you haven't learned what you're not even supposed to know yet. Mm -hmm. Right. And and when, when I've mentored the young kids, they make a lot of money and they think the money is going to change their life forever. Right. Into a positive way. And they realize that, you know what? OK, now I have the money. But who's around with me for the money or or for who I am? And that's one of the hardest things. That's a hard thing to swallow, especially if you're building something without other people and they jump on board when you're already successful. Watch, life's going to come for you whether you want to participate or not, man. Murphy's Law is real. Yeah, exactly. And when you're young, you, you value more of the money than the time because you don't have the money. But then when you get older, it flips. You want more time than the money. Is but again, if you, if you want to get ahead in the game, if you're young, you have to value your time more than money, even though you have way more than someone who's a bit older. Yeah, absolutely. I'm on the I'm on the other side of the downside more I am than the upside. <laughs> yeah, like for me, I like I'm like dead middle right now. <laughs> so like eventually, I will like in the next few years, I will be on the other the wrong side of uh the age aging process. Uh, so again, like anybody listening right now, whether young or old, like you got to value your time as much as possible because you're not gonna get it back. And energy is really important. You know, understanding energy, understanding the frequency, vibration, like all of this stuff is like, oh, this old hippie dude, he's gonna start talking about. Nah, this is the truest thing in the world. You know, Nikola Tesla was like, if you want to understand the universe and all of this outside Wi-Fi, I think energy, frequency, and vibration. Once you're able to tap into all of this and understand it, it's gonna take it's gonna take a long time to understand like why you have synchronicities and, and, and things like that. And it's like I'm in a phase of my life now where I have no idea what's coming up next. And you know what? I'm pretty cool with that. A lot of people don't want to like try new things or jump ship because they're, they're worried about like a whole bunch of things that are out of control. Like what do people think of them? What this doesn't work? But you're uh, looking at it as a glass half full where I don't know what's coming, but I'm excited for it. Uh, how do people like start having more of that abundance mindset? Start doing. That, that's it. I mean, start doing. Whatever it is, whatever it is your mom and dad are telling you not to do, right? Do it. You're going to do it anyway. They're going to talk about you anyway. So just do it anyway. And if something actually like catastrophic, so what? If you didn't die, keep going. Whether you're rich or poor right now and you're listening to me, eventually we're all going to die. That's a guarantee. That's the only guarantee, right? So we can live by actually telling our stories about how we didn't die. Yeah, like a good point my friend made was people on the race to the finish, which is, for example, let's say uh, you're Gen Z, uh, 22, 23, and... Uh, you want to get that promotion like next year instead of like, waiting the maybe the three or four years that you need at the company for they would actually consider you to get promoted or you're rushing to get married or rushing to do this. My friend says like when you're rushing to the finish line, you're basically rushing to your death. So you know, indirectly, you're saying you want to die faster by accomplishing these milestones a lot quicker, which the last milestone that everybody has is death. So you want to hit death quicker. When you think about it, when it comes to like, trying to rush through certain milestones instead of like enjoying the process and enjoying the journey. That's exactly it. Like I hated the process, yeah. right? It was always like, oh man, this is going to suck. I got to do this. I have to do this. I have to do that in order to have this outcome. And it wasn't until I really understood the cancer process. That's what really did it for me. It was kind of like, oh, they, they told me uh, I was going to be treated three times for cancer. They were only right once, but I have the scars for all three times. And what I would have to do is 
as they were diagnosed with something that's crazy, right? Your mind is just, it, it just wants to go and hide. It's like cancer. Oh, you got to be kidding me. It's like a death sentence. And now I, I don't care what anybody says. Nothing's going to change my physiology. Nothing, nothing's going to change the way I think long-term, right? I mean, I'm going to react. If somebody comes in, it's like, oh, you have this devastating thing. Oh, man, why? Again? And it's like, all right, I'm still going to go home with a smile on my face. I'm still going to be joyful. And I think that is when you develop this, this character off of your failed experiences. By being beat up, by having life just literally beat the daylights. <laughs> yeah, like um, the Rocky Balboa mu uh, movies, right? Like one of the things asked yeah. the best, so long said, is like, uh, it's not how hard you get hit, it's how hard you get hit and how you keep moving forward, right? I've got the exact line, but it's, again, like you said, right? That like you're going to get constantly beat up, but it's the ones who stick it out and keep going that win, not the ones who give up after. Yeah, what are you giving up for? You're giving up your life. So many people that I run into that they're like, you know, well, well when I get married, I'm going to be happy, right? I always ask people, like, what, what is your end goal? And they're like, well, you know, when I, when I get married, I'm going to be happy. All right. When I get rich, I'm going to be happy. When my kid's born, I'm going to be happy. I'm like, but the theme is happy. So why not be happy ahead of the event? And if you could do that, man, you got life beat. You really do. Because now you're putting your energies towards these small incremental wins, and I think people put their, all of their energy into these big wins and then get discouraged if they don't have the big win. No, celebrate the small incremental wins. That's going to build up to that overall success that you have for yourself. And success is different for everybody. Happiness is a choice, right? It doesn't happen when an event happens, right? That doesn't make any sense, right? Like in a way you could, like, for example, if someone close to you dies, right? Like there's a couple of ways to look at it. You, you can think about all the good memories you had and showcase your uh, gratitude that they lived a happy life. Or you can be like really sad. Oh, I wish I did this and did that, right? So there are different perspectives. So again, happiness is emotion, but it's a choice emotion. Usually it's not an happens when an event happens. But here, we're emotional creatures, right? So why not tap into the emotions that are actually benefiting you instead of that? You know, we're not being chased by saber-toothed tigers anymore, right? But we might have a crappy relationship with our girlfriend or our wife. We might have a crappy relationship with our siblings or our parents. Those triggers are constantly flooding our body with all of these hormones and all of these things that throw us out of loop. Control your emotions and you're ahead of the game, thousand percent. So speaking of like controlling your emotions and overcoming fear and doing anyway, so you were a 9-11 responder. Obviously, that incident was the first in U.S. history or, well, yeah, I think it's the first in U.S. history close to it. So what was your reaction when you had to go down to the, the site and spend a few days there? Like, there's probably a lot of fear going around, even if it's not you, it could be like the people around because they don't know what's going on. The country's under attack. So like, how did you overcome all these fears, all these mixed emotions to uh, carry forward and deliver the work that you were assigned to do? I didn't. I just did it anyway. I mean, to like really understand this, like the first time I got there, you know, part of my French, but I was just like, holy what is this? And why am I here? <laughs> it's just like, what am I doing here? And I wasn't the only one. It was, I mean, because you're looking, you're standing on top of the World Trade Center, right? There's blocks and blocks of all of this devastation. And I tell people all the time, I don't know what it's like to be in the military. But I do know what it's like to clean up a bombing campaign or help clean up a bombing campaign. And it still plagues my head to this day. 
because I don't think anybody has to look at stuff like that or be a part of any of that stuff. But if I could help somebody get out of their head and learn techniques to continue to be out of your head, then it's it's all for the benefit of who I'm reaching. How much longer did you continue being a responder before you uh, changed career paths? And how oh, did I wasn't you a responder. Career? I was a volunteer. Oh, you're a volunteer. Okay. Yeah, I was in construction my whole life. Right. So, right. I figured, so I figured like, this is the perfect opportunity to go someplace. I'd rather be there than somebody was never in construction. Like I could run machines. I've been a part of apartment building projects, uh, bridges, uh, docks. So I, I, I'm familiar, but I wasn't familiar with what I saw. And I don't think anybody is. Yeah. So if you were a volunteer, like, did you have an option to say no? But was, do you think it was your American duty to help out or what, what was the thought process there? Well, it was just, I, I just wanted to be there. Rather, I mean, I'm in construction, right? Yeah. I'm going to the World Trade Center because it's gone. I'm like, what is that going to be all about? Like my driven thing was I want to be there to help people because I don't want people that have never been on construction sites or, or anything catastrophic. Then why not me? You know, why not go there? I can put up with just about anything. I didn't realize like how spoiled I was until I went there. You know, I'm spoiled American. And, you know, I'm, <laughs> that's, that's it in a nutshell. Just spoiled American. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, come on, man. Yeah, they're talking about, yeah. We can get food 24 hours a day, seven days a week, right? We should complain if our lattes don't have the right sprinkles and, and, and stuff like that. I mean, it's ridiculous, the stuff that we have to worry about and what other people in the world worry about. Like one of the hashtags, your daughter probably knows it. I don't know if, if you know, it's first world problems, right? So it's like all the comments that you make and then they say hashtag first world problems. And right. like, these aren't really like problems at the end of the day. Like, especially if you go to like more developing countries, like our problems are the least of their worries. Absolutely. At the end of the day, it's so hard because, you know, like people are going to be like, oh, you know, he talked like, and that's like me worrying about what other people are going to say. And, and eventually it's just like, get out of your head. I mean, understand what poverty is. You know, I've been through hurricanes and stuff where, like, I had the Red Cross in my driveway to give me soup. People don't even have driveways. People don't even have soup. So be grateful for everything that you get. Everything that you acquire, just be grateful for it. I was a very cynical person until this whole quest. I'm not cynical anymore. I mean, the world is what it is. It's going to do what it does. And you got to show up. You got to take the hits. And you got to keep moving from this point forward. You know, that's one of the things I, I always wanted to like get across. If you're hearing me or if you're seeing me, I have to leave you better than what I found you. And that's my message. That's my insane message to the world. Life is simple in its own complexity. To wrap up our conversations today, Craig, what's next for you in terms of like the next few years? I know you're, you're being more intentional with your time. So what are you striving to do in the next few years? And what is some advice that you can share uh, to end our conversation when it comes to ensuring that you're using your time wisely and you are taking at least small steps, no matter how small they are, to uh, reach those goals that you've uh, outlined for yourself? So I don't think years ahead because I don't know if I have years ahead. So what I do, what I do now is I outline my day. And I consistently outline it in a way that I want to see end results, measurable end results in that day. I want to speak everywhere. I want to be felt more so than heard. So I'm on this vulnerable, emotional tangent on how everybody needs to just wake up because we all want the same stuff, man. I don't want something to happen to you. 
no, I want to hang out. We could break bread, right? We learn about each other. And I think more people are starting to wake up now that we are online all over the place, right? I can get opportunities now I only dreamed about, man. I only dreamed about stuff like this. Be able to talk all over the world in podcasts and, and radio shows. Man, I'm blessed. I ain't stressed. What are some closing comments that you can give to my listeners in terms of like taking action like right now instead of waiting for the new year? That's it. Take action. Like work on your plan. That's great. But sometimes you have to push it a little bit faster than when you thought. You know, like when you're saying like, what are you going to be in a few years? I don't know, a legend. I want to be legendary. Some people are like, oh, that's very callous. That's egotistical. It's arrogant. No, only if you see it that way. I want people to know exactly who I am because I'm going out kicking and screaming. <laughs> so that's it. Go out kicking and screaming, man. Whatever it is, put a smile on your face and just keep going. Amazing. Again, appreciate the time, Craig. So how can people reach out to you to learn more about what you do and uh, how you can help them? go to craigsikovsky.com and that's where I'm like all my social links uh, all the stuff that I can help people with uh, and on Amazon everybody pays a vig one man's entrepreneurial journey that's my book that's out and I have another one coming out soon hopefully sounds good again appreciate the time and uh, enjoy the rest of the weekend and have a great end to the year thanks man I appreciate the time and the opportunity thank you thank you so much for listening and if you found this content valuable here's three ways I can help you achieve your career goals for free First, subscribe to this podcast as I post two episodes a week. Number two, leave a five-star review as this helps build the credibility of the show so we can gain access to more influential people to interview and bring those lessons to you to help elevate your career. And number three, connect with me on social media. There's a link in the show notes for you to click on that compiles all my active social media accounts, making it easy for you to find me and connect with me. Thank you again for listening and until next time.